want to continue week two of the series I'm calling Good News. Uh, today we're going to talk very specifically about the good news about forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of my favorite subjects in all of the scripture. And I, I know we've, we're coming up on tax day, and I know that we've all heard the saying, there's, you know, there's two things in life that are certain. They are, what, death and there you go. But I'd like to add a third thing to it. I, I think it is certain that in the course of your living on planet Earth, there's going to be a, a moment when you are disappointed and hurt where someone you had looked up to fails you, where someone disappoints you, maybe someone intentionally hurts you, defames you, speaks evil of you, they know the truth, but for whatever reason, they choose to speak hurtful words. Then there are those moments when we are hurt unintentionally. Kathy and I actually had a little fuss yesterday, and about 10 minutes into it, I was losing bad. I'm just telling you right now. I was uh, on the, the wrong side of that. I asked her, I said, honey, can I ask you, I, I thought what I heard you say was, and I told her what it was, and she looked at me and just laughed. She said, that's not what I said. And I just went, could we rewind this thing about 10 minutes? Uh, we find ourselves more and more, the older we get, we repeat things to each other and we say something like, now what I think I heard you say was, and we speak it. And so there are unintentional hurts, but there are intentional hurts that come our way. And so I'd say death, taxes, and the fact that we will be hurt. Uh, intentional or not, it still hurts. And what you do with the hurt is what matters. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Because no matter how much it hurts or how little it hurts, I have some really good news for you today. Jesus came to make forgiveness possible for us as he atoned for our sins. But he came to give us an ability to cope with the hurts that come our way. And, and this is such an important lesson that Jesus even included it in his lesson he taught on how to pray. When his followers came and said, teach us how to pray. And so we refer to it as the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. And contained within the context of this prayer is a lesson a truth regarding forgiveness and how we are to approach it. So I'm going to ask you to join me in repeating the Lord's Prayer. This is from the New King, King James Version. Some of you are familiar. You memorized it possibly with Old King James. And you want to say it that way, that's fine. Uh, but I, I want to just encourage you to read this out loud with me. How many are in for this? You'll do this with me. Okay, join me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The model prayer. Forgive us our debts as we forgive who? Our debtors. Those who trespass against us. Forgiveness is the act of pardoning an offender. The act of saying, I release you, I, I forgive you. That's really what forgiveness is. In the Bible, the Greek word translated forgiveness is literally implying we are to let go of. We are to forgive a debt. In other words, when a person demands payment for a debt, Jesus teaches us that we are to let it go. We are to cancel the debt. I don't know if you've ever done that for anyone ever in your life. It is a joyful thing to be able to do that. And yet Christ has done that for us through his shed blood. So before we really get into the good news, the really good news about forgiveness and how it is better than anything else, any other pathway you could follow, I want to give you just a couple of insights into what forgiveness is not. Uh, in your notes, I've given you these, these ideas. You may want to think about them some more. But first of all, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the hurt. Uh, forgiveness is not saying, oh, it's no big deal. Truth is, a hurt is a big deal. Uh, it's not saying it didn't hurt. It's not minimizing the seriousness of the hurt. Forgiveness is not saying, ah, oh, it's just a small thing. I can live with that. A hurt is a big thing, and you've got to have a biblical approach to dealing with it. Uh, when you minimize a wrong, you cheapen the, the real truth and the essence of forgiveness. And, and I do not believe God expects us to minimize the seriousness of the hurt. I don't think you're arriving at the right place if you just say it didn't hurt. Next, forgiveness is not... The instant restoration of trust. I actually heard someone define forgiveness some time ago as you know you've forgiven when you open yourself to be hurt again. And I think that's a partial truth. I do think there's a moment where you, you have to be willing to be hurt again. But I think it's wrong to see forgiveness as instant restoration. In other words, I think when people misunderstand this, they actually think that forgiveness and restoration is instant. Trust, however, must be rebuilt over time. It must be earned. Because when someone has betrayed you and hurt you, God who loves us does not ask us to put ourselves out there to be hurt again. Uh, I, I think that's a big statement. I wish I had really the rest of the 
the time today just to talk exclusively about this. But I, I believe it is right to require someone to prove themselves trustworthy. Because if someone has hurt you over and over, repeatedly, intentionally, the Bible nowhere says that you're obligated to put yourself out there for them to injure you again. You are not obligated to forgive in the context of restoration. Yes, forgive. Forgiveness is instant. Restoration and trust are earned. Forgiveness means I've let this go. I've released you of the debt. That does for us what God knows we need. Our heart becomes released from the bitterness and the anger. But it's another thing when it comes to restoration. Trust has to be rebuilt. And just to add a little bit more to this, let me give you one more thought kind of adds to this. Forgiveness is not resuming the relationship without any changes. Uh, a lot of people, again, think, well, if I've forgiven someone, I, I have to open myself back up to be heard again. And, and, and really, in a simple sentence, no, you don't. Forgiveness is not the same as the reunion of a relationship. Forgiveness is what you do when you're hurt, when you're offended. But the relationship can only be restored when three things happen. Uh, there needs to be repentance. There, there needs to be acts of restitution when possible. And ultimately, there needs to be the rebuilding of trust. In other words, if you are in a relationship and someone betrays you and lies to you or cheats on you or steals from you or lies about you, yes, forgive instantly. But then be open to God working in their life and a process that follows looks much like what I just described, a biblical process of repentance, a biblical process of allowing them opportunity to bring forth restitution. Uh, it's, it's an incredibly important part of any recovery program that, that is out there. Anything that is a recovery program, AA and uh, Celebrate Recovery, involves a moment where you go and you make restitution if possible. But ultimately, it requires that trust is rebuilt. Now, real forgiveness opens yourself to be heard again someday because nobody ever gets an absolute guarantee that you can't be heard again someday. But there needs to be a period of time when you see trust growing. You need to forgive immediately, but you do not need to restore until trust has been rebuilt. So it was important to me. When I talk about the good news about forgiveness, I want to make sure we know what we're talking about when we use the term forgiveness. And so now I can kind of get into these three thoughts. What's the good news about forgiveness? First of all, forgiveness. Here's some good news. Forgiveness is better than bitterness. I, I know that it's a hard thing for some people to admit, but most of us are familiar with bitterness. 
Uh, forgiveness is better because, you ready? It actually works. For, bitterness doesn't work. Bitterness is destructive. It, it's counterproductive. It will hurt you more than it helps you. Uh, if anybody in the history of the world had more reason to remain or be bitter, anyone more so than Job, I don't know who they are. Job was famous. Job was wealthy. Job had a great life in the ancient world. But Job, as we know, his name's synonymous with suffering. He lost everything. He lost his health. He was in miserable pain. His children died. His fortune was gone. In fact, it gives us a picture of him sitting there in the ashes, scraping the sores on his body. That's a pretty tragic image. And yet, while he was sitting there at his lowest low, his friends, we use that term loosely, came to him and it's a great lesson in what to do when you have someone you know who is hurting. They came and initially they sat with him quietly for a while. And, and really, I've told many people who say, I don't know what to say at a funeral. Just be there. Tell someone you love them. Don't try to explain it all. Job's friends took the moment of his suffering and spoke hurtful words, basically blamed him and said, all, all of this bad stuff, Job, that's happening is your fault. That, that's, that's kind of a hard thing to swallow, especially since it was not true. So if anybody had a right to be resentful and bitter, I'd say it was Job. And, and so the verse I want you to see is in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. And I'd like you to look at this verse because it's so important to this issue of bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness. Now, in the original Greek, get rid of all bitterness means get rid of all bitterness, okay? Is that profoundly amazing? I went to college for 11 years to learn that. I took Greek to learn that. There's just some things the translation doesn't require any additional life. So if you have bitterness, I want you to say this one time with me. What are you supposed to do with it? What does that first statement say? What do you do? Get some of it or all of it? All of it. Rage, anger harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So today the question is, is there anyone who has hurt you in your life and you are holding on to some of that hurt and there's a big difference. I'm going to tell you a little bit later. I'm going to surprise you on what to do with it. The last thought I'm going to share with you today will be stunning to some of you. But if you've forgiven, you will remember. But here's the difference. Bitterness rehearses it to the extent that 
you no longer have your complete joy in your relationship with Christ. It holds you back in these other areas. You will find yourself speaking a word of unkindness, maybe mentioning the person who hurt you in the context of words that are not flattering. And so the good news about forgiveness, it's better than bitterness. Bitterness will consume you like a cancer. But forgiveness will leave you with peace. Number two, let me give you this real quickly. When we talk about forgiveness, I, I think without a doubt, bitterness is better than revenge. Uh, th there's a saying. I think some of you have heard it. I don't get angry, I get... Ooh, golly, you know that way too well. I was kind of hoping there'd be a little whisper there. Man, we know that. Why? You know, the poets have written about it. Shakespeare wrote about it. Revenge. Revenge. I even find, I told Kathy the night, we were watching a program, somebody got revenge, and I said, I like this show. <laughs> Isn't that awful? And I had to think about it for a second. And I knew what I was speaking on this week, and I thought, you hypocrite, Ed. You shouldn't like anything about revenge because forgiveness is better than revenge. Uh, let's look at the next verse. Romans 12, verse 19. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Again, the Greek language never means what? Never. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Here's the short story here. God does a much better job of settling scores than we are capable of doing. He is perfect. He knows all the facts. We never know all the facts. We always see things from our angle, from our perspective. And so scripture says, never avenge yourself. Leave that to God. You might be thinking, but it appears they're getting away with it. How many ever, be honest, you've seen somebody do something horrific or awful. Maybe it's a politician. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's a neighbor who is your tormentor. Maybe it's a family member who shows up at family gatherings and just constantly is like a burr in the saddle that just rubs you wrong. Am I getting close to home here? Have I pretty well covered all of us? And they deserve to have something happen to them, and you don't see it happen. And, and, and it's so easy to want to take things into your own hand and say, God, let me help you here just a little bit, right? Never. Never means never. You see, that's unfair. You're right to us from our perspective, but who said life was fair? In this present world, the debts are not all settled. We serve a God who takes everything into account, and the time will come when everyone will stand in front of God. <laughs> we gotta remind ourselves every now and then, one day, God is going to balance the books. One day God is going to call in all the accounts. And one day 
God is going to even it all out. And the Bible says, don't avenge yourself. Don't take this into your own hand. That, therefore, conclusion. Forgiveness is better than revenge. Uh, I, I'm not proud of this. I've taken the sword of retribution a few times in my life, plunged it in deeply. Momentary satisfaction followed by what? A sense of dread. Never, ever. Number three, let me wrap it up with this. Forgiveness is better than forgetting. Now this is the part I said it's going to surprise some of you. There's another saying, one of the dumbest quotes I've ever heard in my life. It says, forgive, forgive, and forget. And you've all heard it. Forgive and forget. The only problem with that, you can't do that. We don't have, you can do that on a computer, but we're told even the hard drive still has the information on there. But nobody here can forget. I don't think God wants us to forget. We have a word for people who lie and say they've forgotten, or maybe they've pressed it down so deeply they can't pull it out. The word is denial. And I don't think that's what forgiveness is all about. Forgiveness, denial is not healthy. Let's read the, the verse in Colossians, chapter 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults. Okay, now, just a little sidebar note here. If you forget and can forget, if that's possible, you don't need to make allowance Okay? And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord, key word there, remember. Circle it. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Scripture says remember here. And, and I, I'm telling you, there are things God asks us to do in the context of forgiveness that cannot be done if you say it didn't hurt, or you deny it, or you say you forgot. No way can you pull off the things that Scripture demands of us. No way can you accomplish what Jesus asked you to do if you forget. Forgive, yes, but remember. That may surprise some of you. There is an issue in Luke Chapter 6, I don't have time to go there. Write it down, look it up. It says, do good to those who hate you. How can you do good to someone who's hated you if you have forgotten the hatred? Forgiveness is to release them. We are to remember so that we can in turn give good for evil. See, a lot of people are going about this thing the wrong way, frankly. And I've heard this my whole life. I've forgiven, I forgot, I've moved on. No, if there has not been restoration, if they are still not trustworthy, if they continue to hurt you, God wants you to continue to love them in the name of Jesus and to forgive them how many times? Infinity, 70 times seven. And so I might surprise you when I tell you this, Forgiveness is even better than forgetting. If you've been trying the forgetty, forgetting mode, I'll just throw this at you. Better than forgetting 
is forgiveness. You, you will never have to forgive someone more than what you were forgiven. I am so thankful. I am so thankful. Jesus gave us so much good news in the simple idea. And when, when you take these scriptures and spend a little time with them, go home, and, and you maybe add to it some personal moments and ask yourself the question, Lord, is there someone that I'm trying to get even with? Is there someone I'm trying to settle the score with or take revenge? Or, Lord, have I gone about this the wrong way? Am I just trying to push this out of my mind? You know, if you push it out of your mind, you're not going to be remembering to pray for them. Pray for those who despitefully use you. There's a lot of things Scripture asks us to do about people who hurt us. You can't do if you forget. So forgiveness is better than forgetting. You can pray for them. In fact, I, I'll tell you, this is the thing that has helped me more than anything else in the real world I live in. And, and it has caused me to immediately default to this idea that when someone is cruel and hurtful, I begin to pray for them. And suddenly the torment in my mind about the hurt, and you know, that's the problem. We rehearse the hurt over and over, but forgiveness is better than doing that. That's good news. You don't have to torment yourself. You, in the, with the love of Christ, ask God to help you forgive him. Now, do I do it all as quickly as I should or always as much as I should? The answer is no. In my humanity, I slip back into that Adamic nature of wanting to get my pound of flesh, as Shakespeare said. I want to get even. But the truth is, it never is better than forgiveness. It always falls short. And so today, uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of working our way through some of the great things that God gives us in our relationship with him. We're talking about good news. And my hope and prayer is that you first have a relationship with Christ and you know him because that good news makes possible you carrying forward his love and forgiveness to others. Let's stand together with heads bowed. Would you bow with me right now? Most of you with heads bowed have heard of the name John Wesley, instrumental in the founding of Methodism, the Methodist church movement. Someone came to him one time and said, Mr. Wesley, I could nev never forgive. And he mentioned the person. I could never forgive that person. Wesley said, then I hope you never sin." Because according to Scripture, we've been told that Christ forgives our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgiveness, yes. Immediately, yes. Remind yourself often that you're forgiven. Yes. There is no room in the heart of a believer for holding on to any hurt. And so my, my first hope in prayer is for those of us who are believers, if we are seeking revenge or seeking to avenge ourselves, then right now, heads about, would you whisper a prayer?
I've talked to thousands of people over the years who just keep focusing on the offense. Right now, what head's about. Regardless of how you were wronged, would you pray a prayer? Say, dear God, I, I admit I've been hurt by others. My resentment, you put this in your own words, take me places I don't want to be. Please give me the power, the strength to forgive. Put this in your own words. Ask God to take over your heart. Ask God to help you to forgive completely. Now, if you're here today and you've never received the forgiveness of Christ, we have good news for you. Christ has already done all that's necessary for you to be born again, to have your sins forgiven. We close out our services on Sunday by inviting those who do not know Jesus to seek to know him, to come to him. And so as we dismiss in prayer, after that time of prayer, we invite you to come and make your way down to the front of this auditorium. Pastors are always here. Others are here who are waiting to pray with you to help you see how simple it is for you to call upon the name of Jesus to be born again. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Help us to truly desire above all else to choose this act of forgiveness. Lord, if there's someone here today who's not born again, may they accept your forgiveness. And may all who have accepted your forgiveness be quick to forgive and love others who have hurt them. Help us to truly see that good news that forgiveness is better than resentment and anger and bitterness. I pray these things in Jesus' name.